Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast with your host Ugo Che. Uh, this time unfortunately Ralph had uh, what he said was a minor emergency so he could not make this interview that we had already scheduled so it will be just me but uh, I hope Ralph will be uh, back with us uh, next week as usual. So uh, aside from this, let me introduce the guest for this week's episode. Uh, his name is Harry Fish, and despite the name, uh, he's actually from Spain uh, as a Spanish citizen. And he says in his bio that he's been a photographer for more years than he cares to remember. And yeah. He has uh, photographically documented more than 40 countries to which he has traveled. He also was a uh, winner of the 2012 World National Geographic Photo Contest for the Places category, uh, and about which uh, he has an interesting story to tell. But he also won several other awards. Uh, we'll put links uh, and his bio in the show notes so you can uh, look it up for yourself. Uh, he also leads tours to uh, some very exotic destinations through his company that is called Nomad Photo Expeditions. And he says that after years of traveling, he has come to the conclusion that technique and vision are indispensable tools, but that what really matters and really determinants to enable photography to transmit so much more than a postcard are things like empathy, curiosity, and the pleasure of personal relationships. Yes. Um, so, uh, hi, Harry. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, Hugo. Thank you for this interview. I'm uh, thrilled and uh, and excited. Um, I'm excited too. We just uh, made our acquaintance uh, relatively recent, so I just started discovering your work and your destinations, and uh, I'd, I'd like our audience to to know about you as well. So mm-hmm. I said you're you're from Spain, right? Despite your well, name, and you're currently in Madrid. Well, it's a bit uh, it's a bit uh, more complicated than this. I'm I'm a Spaniard, but my parents were Hungarians. I was born in France, and as a matter of fact, I'm named Harry. My name is Harry because they always thought that they will end in the States. And Harry Truman was the president at the time, and uh, well, they thought that it would be a great name to end in America, and we ended in Spain. So now I'm a Spaniard named Harry Fish. That's the story. So you're dating yourself with the reference to Truman. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, so you got a lot of, we can say you got a lot of experience. So uh, anything else that you would like to uh, to add about your story uh, beyond what is in your bio? I mean, have you always been a photographer? Uh, not at all. I mean, uh, I'm interested in photography and I'm uh, more or less, uh, I would say even more than less, uh, involved in photography since age 14. But, uh, well, I have been trained as a lawyer. Uh, I worked as a lawyer, then as a businessman. And at a certain moment of my life, I shifted. Uh, that was uh, about 10 years ago, I decided that uh, I wanted another life. And I started with this other life. That's uh, that's how it uh, happened. So I have not always been a photographer, not at all. Um, can you tell about the moment you decided, okay, I want to give up my career as a lawyer, as a businessman, and become a photographer full time? Well, how did I it feel to, like? Well, uh, how did it feel? How does it feel? Uh, more than how, how did it feel? I mean, uh, I think that uh, I received a bit of help uh, from uh, from uh, the things that were happening uh, with the crisis and so, so such things. I uh, reached a moment where I really didn't want to continue doing what I was doing. And I um, went on a very long and uh, I would say somehow difficult trip to uh, the border I made in India on my own reaching 
the limit. I entered Pakistan with a military permit at the time. I have been always traveling a lot with my family, with my children for years to different countries, but never like this on my own to 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 discover something. So I, uh, 10 years ago, I decided to make 11 years ago to start with this trip. And I enjoyed so much. I, I enjoyed so much the the feeling of being alone with people, meeting people uh, that I have never met before, that I really thought that uh, it would be great to be doing this professionally. And that's how I started. Uh, that was just a start. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, it's, uh, it's not an easy path to follow. I mean, uh, going on your own is one thing. Organizing a travel company that uh, visit different destinations in the world is uh, tougher than it seems. Mm. I know. Uh, what what was the reaction of your family? Did they think you are crazy doing this, or <laughs> they were no. completely behind you? No, no, not at all. I mean, the thing is that uh, I wasn't young. Uh, I'm not young. I'm uh, 66. Uh, I started this being 50 something already. And uh, I think that no one took this seriously. I mean, my wife couldn't react uh, because she never thought that this would work. She thought, well, let's uh, let's uh, give a try or he will be uh, doing something else than uh, risking the money in business. So they never thought that it would work. Huh? Uh, so as long as I was entertained, uh, they thought that uh, it could be done. To their enormous surprise, it became a serious thing, a steady thing, and a profession. And now so it seems to be working very well for you. Well, it's working uh, well, and uh, we would always like to be working uh, better. Uh, yeah. I cannot travel more than I travel, but I would like to have a more, uh, let's say, a bigger organization in order to travel myself a bit less. So the total total pleasure is never there. So let's talk about uh, what you mentioned in your bio that I hinted at at the beginning. Uh, this event that uh, in 2012 you won a prestigious photo contest by National Geographic, no one else than National Geographic. And then in your bio you say you are disqualified, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I find it curious because not many people would put this in their bio, like I was disqualified. Well, it doesn't, uh, but th there is an interesting story behind that. So, and a reason why uh, you mentioned that. Do you want to tell the story of what happened yeah. then? Yes, of course. I mean, with pleasure. I mean, well, the, let me tell you first uh, shortly the story, trying to be to be concise. I mean, I, I uh, submitted a couple of pictures. I don't know if it was two or four pictures to the National Geographic contest. And then I forgot. I forgot because I never thought that I could win, frankly speaking. Sometime later, I mean, some months later, I received a mail from National Geographic. And I thought, well, um, they surely will tell me that I have been already, that I didn't win or that I'm with the, I, I, I hoped to be within the, last 100 and whatever. So I received a mail saying that, uh, well, Mr. Fish, you are the winner of the World National Geographic Contest in the people category. Well, the uh, surprise I was, of course, and I went to my wife. It was early in the morning. I said, Lady, darling, you see, I have been, uh, I even woke her up. I said, listen, I have been, uh, I'm the winner of the National Geographic. She looked at me, she wasn't much impressed. So I understood that uh, that wasn't the place where I could, uh, as you say, publish my wings. So I thought that internet could be a better place. But that said, uh, only one day later or two days later, I sent, because it's a requirement, I sent the, the J, uh, JPEG pictures to the contest. By the way, it was the only picture that I had because I didn't have a row uh, by mistake. So I, by the way, I won this contest with a JPEG. Uh, with uh, it was a Fuji, which wasn't a full frame. So, so a couple of things that were were not useful. Long story short, I get back a message saying that I was disqualified. 
when I, I maintain a correspondence with the editor of National Geographic at the time, and I say, listen, uh, why is it? I say they, you 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 deleted a plastic bag. I say, listen, but there were dozens of plastic bags. Yes, but the contest, the rule says that you cannot delete anything. So I told her, uh, it was a lady, I told her, listen, uh, but uh, it wouldn't have made any difference. I said, yes, she says, and she writes that. She says, yes, you are right. She says, it wouldn't have done any difference, but rules are rules. So morally, I mean, morally, I really believe, and I believe at the time, and I still believe, that I was entitled to win. Well, because even the editor said that deleting this plastic bag would not make a difference. It didn't make a difference. It was just that we had to apply the rules. So that was a story. And this is the reason why I don't feel, I mean, I, I didn't add, add a smile where there wasn't a smile. I didn't put a person. I just deleted one of the 25 bags that were there, but I kept there the other 24. Uh, of course, this has been a matter of, of discussions all over, and uh, for months uh, I have had, uh, um, I would say, hundreds of pages of, uh, of Google uh, with uh, all the discussions about this thing. Interesting. Well, I can understand uh, the position of the National Geographic because uh, sometimes people would abuse uh, the possibility of doing edits uh, and they have to set rules that are the same for, for everyone so they tend to be quite draconian and if they introduce a degree of uh, uh, arbitrariness about it and somebody decides what is relevant and what is not then it opens the, the door well, to I, a I, number of... I, I, I totally agree with yeah. you. The interesting thing is that I enter another contest, the Sony World Rewards uh, where those rules didn't exist, they couldn't care less about what you put on or not, or you put in or not. And I was finalist in the Sony World of War three months later. I mean, so uh, what can I tell you? I mean, contests are contests, and each one sets its rule. And uh, again, I endorse what National Geographic has done, but I think that I can, uh, with... Uh, with pride, with pride, uh, child that I won and then lost, which mm -hmm. is absolute truth. The two things were were, were and are uh, true. Yeah, I mean they, they recognize the quality and the value of your image. It was like a little technical well, detail that caused the. Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, you're still participating in contests now, and I think you uh, you pay more attention to the small print. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now and then I send pictures, but the the better I become, or I sorry, the better I think that I become, the less I win. <laughs> so it seems that my own assessment of my quality has not much to do with the assessment of judges. Yeah. Huh? I know. Uh, well, I mean, well, contests are, are quite tricky. I mean, uh, you need a bit of luck when you win. And when you don't win, sure. uh, also as I know the two things, uh, I can challenge. Okay, that's that's an inter interesting story, and maybe mm -hmm. some of, of <laughs> our listeners will uh, uh, use this as a kind of a lesson, right? To if you want to submit a photo to the National Geographic photo contest, do not retouch anything out of it, or you will yeah. be disqualified. Yeah. But you have to win. You have to win first. Yeah, first of all, if, if it's, <laughs> they will not check your your originals if you didn't win. That goes without saying. Okay, um, another topic, uh, and I'm referring here to a video that you have on your site. It's called "Why So Far Away," and it's a really interesting uh, slideshow with a narration behind it. Really beautifully done, and we'll put a link. Uh, in the show notes, but maybe you can Google Harry Fish, why so far away for that video. But uh, I was um, intrigued by a couple of questions that you ask at the beginning of that video, and then you try to give an answer. But I would like to, I would like you to expand a little bit more on those answers and those questions. And mm -hmm. yes. they are, the first one is, what is it that makes you travel the world and take pictures? Can you 
concisely answer that question? Concisely answer. I mean, I can give you my answer. Of course, each one has his own uh, uh, reasons. Uh, I'd like to see there is a there is a very famous uh, in Spain. There was a very famous, but there is a very famous photographer who said, by the way, she's the only woman. I'm trying not to remember the name. Who is in the Magnum Agency without being a war photographer? And uh, yeah, Rodero is her name. When she has been asked, why do you take pictures? She says, because I would like to see how does it look through my camera. Without the camera, I see nothing. Huh? Uh, I think it's a point. I mean, uh, uh, like, I think that like uh, a golf player follows a ball uh, and has the excuse that he's in the countryside uh, playing golf. I need a reason to travel. And uh, I love to be in different places, meeting people that I don't know, trying to understand a bit more and uh, their culture, uh, to approach the way of being. And many times as I'm stuck in my own city, I am always, uh, uh, I have a role as we all have. I mean, when I am in my country or when I am, let's say, into brackets in a civilized country, I behave in a certain way, and I'm sure that the others already have a, um, we said before, a cliche. Uh, they see me in a way, as I'm dressed in a certain way, I act in a certain way. When I travel far away, I am another person, in the sense that the other person that I'm with, the other, the, the, the local, has some difficulties in categorizing me. He really doesn't know where to put me as much as I don't know really how to um, put the stereotype, uh, to know how he is. So it gives me a part of adventure, I mean, discovering the person. And many times I, I'm also enjoying the, the, the situation of being someone else than the one I'm here in my own country. I mean, I understand that it's not a short answer. I never have short answers, and it's not a simple answer, but that's my thing. I mean, I, I like to discover the others and to discover myself as I change when I'm reaching other places. So somebody said that the camera looks both ways. Uh, that's, a, that's a very interesting point. I, I absolutely totally agree with this. The camera looks both, both ways. Clever. So yes. when you're traveling your kind of a different person and your photos reflect that and you're you're not able to find the same kind of uh how can i say the, the same kind of feelings and interaction with people as when you're in your home country uh well you are right i mean uh, i have to tell you i'm com completely um convinced that if you ask my friends or even my family people who know me since years uh, they are still surprised. I mean that uh, my pictures, I mean that each one pictures many times, does do not reflect the the hairy fish they have in mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, that's another thing. I'm, I'm another person, truly. Uh, and I enjoy that. Interesting. First time I hear something, somebody say something like that, but it's uh, really interesting. Um, well, the, the second question, but I, I guess you already answered it, that you have in the video is, can't you find the same people in your home city? But, you know, that was a thing. very, that was a question that someone asked me in a, uh, we were sharing a table in a wedding and this gentleman, uh, very well dressed, I was also decently dressed, not that in, I, I didn't have my disguise, my Indiana Jones disguise with me, so we we're seriously there at this guy who is a businessman and who met me in my other life, asked me exactly the same thing. He said, listen, why do you go so far? Can't you find the same people in your home city? And um, the question was very good because I didn't have an answer. I mean, I don't think I still have an answer. I mean, uh, I'm sure I could, but the, um, perhaps I would have to go too deep into worlds that are too close to me here. While when I'm um, traveling around, uh, everything stays there. You know, I don't bring that part of me here. I mean, it's a, ah, it's a bit complicated, but mm. 
uh, I'm sure I could find the same uh, people here, but uh, I probably would be another person here than there. That's very interesting. I don't know. This is getting too profound, I'm, I'm afraid. I, li I like it when I'm, my guests are profound. <laughs> I absolutely like it. I mean, I always try to give these interviews and a bit of a twist and make them go beyond what's... I mean, yeah, it's fine to talk about uh, technique. It's fine about to talk about gear, about tips for travelers and photographers and so on. But sometimes we we can go a bit more in depth and I, and I really like and I'm sure my, my audience, uh, our audience will uh, appreciate this. Hopefully. Uh, so I want to to stay on this topic a little bit and see it from the from the other side, on the flip side of the coin or the mirror, if you like, because uh, I was reading a quote from your blog uh, that I find intriguing and it, uh, it ties in. It talks about uh, uh, these guys. It talks about camouflage, but now the, it's not you, the photographer who is disguising is, is your subject. So the, the quote says, as travelers, we are exposed to icons and cliches expressing popular and common thoughts on how a Chinese should look like or how should an Ethiopian tribe be. There is an irony in what is shown to the viewer, a joke where the importance given to the iconic appearance is a camouflage of the underlying reality. Would you like to explain this a little bit to our listeners? Uh, well, it sounds too, again, too serious when we read it uh, like this, when we spell it. Huh? Yeah. But uh, I think that's something that uh, happens to me each time. I mean, I travel so much. Uh, I, I, I have also the pleasure to repeat certain places. And there is a big difference between, well, I, can, I am the witness of how a newcomer, someone who arrives there for the first time, see what I see and how do I see it? Enormous difference. I mean, we want to believe that what we see uh, represents the reality. When I go to China, uh, there's a, one of the trips that I make. It's in the in a place, it's uh, the Li River, and we visit those cormorant fishermen. Those peoples are normally, well, I know they are fishing, uh, from a raft, uh, they are dressed as they were dressed uh, 400 years ago, and they fish with those cormorant, or enormous birds, who fly, uh, enter the water, and uh, take a fish. And uh, they do not realize, I mean, when one of my travelers comes there, he wants to believe that that's China, and that those Chinese are real. Those Chinese are real as they are Chinese, but those people are normally dressed as you and me, or as any American would be. They use the phone as we use. They live in a house, normally if they can, with the same conditions that we live here. So they are no way different than we are. They are only um, showing, they are giving to a foreigner the image that he's expecting. When people come, I have now an enormous challenge. Uh, I have two trips um, to Spain. And uh, by the way, the two are full with clients of mine, people that have been traveling with me to different parts of the world. And they are very excited uh, to come with me to Spain because they, they believe that me being a Spaniard, uh, I would be very good at finding things that are very exciting and different. Uh, that's a problem again. I mean, we expect to see a cliché. We expect to see a Spaniard uh, dressed as a bullfighter, or we expect to see on the streets um, ladies dressed as flamenco dancers, uh, which is not uh, any more like this. Um, so uh, that's what is happening. I mean, when I travel so much, and that's again what my travelers expect. I mean, when we go to Ethiopia, you want to see an Ethiopian. You are not interested in the Ethiopian who is dressed as you and me. We go to the tribes because there you see a half-naked Ethiopian, uh, Morsi, whatever his tribe is, with uh, his gun or whatever. So it fits your expectations. No? 
Let me tell you a, a very funny thing, a funny, interesting thing that happened to me. I think it was the first or the second time that I was visiting in Ethiopia a tribe called the Mercies. I'm there, I'm having a discussion, more than a discussion, it was an argument, uh, as I could, because I, I don't speak their language, and they don't speak mine, but we had a guide, a translator. So I see that the chief of the tribe approaches the translator, my translator, and says, Something. I say, what's, what's the problem? I say, listen, he says that you have to pay money because you are professionals. Well, we enter an argument. In a certain moment, this big, tall Morsi, uh, black skin, half naked, holding a, a gun in his uh, hands, looks to me suddenly in English. I thought he, that he didn't speak English. And he says, I understand you very well, he tells me. I'm also a photographer. And I'm based in Addis Abeba. Here is my card. So uh, he broke totally my expectations. I mean, I expected, I always thought that a guy in a tribe was a guy in a tribe. I always thought that a Chinese in a river uh, had to be a Chinese in the river and a Spaniard. So that's my point. I mean, uh, I, I'm always faced to, to, to this cliche, uh, to these uh, stereotypes that we have uh, where we try to put everything or everyone in a box. That's something that I would like to break and that's something that I'm at least playing with. I like to 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 make jokes about this. Mm. How Photographic you, jokes. Yeah, how do you do that? Or maybe can you give <laughs> some advice to our listeners uh, how to I have, I have break no the cliche or go beyond it? Well, I, I, it's not that I'm uh, trying to, to get them to my website, but I think that's the only way I can explain. I mean, I can only explain where is my my thing, my irony through my pictures. So uh, I have several pictures where the viewer, if you look at my pictures, I have a picture on my website where you see Chinese uh, women dressed. Typically, those are Miao. They belong to Miao, Miao tribes dressed uh, typically as meows, taking a selfie of themselves. The funny thing is that when you see this picture, you tend to believe that that's the way the reality is in China. Not at all. Those are Chinese girls, Chinese tourists that are there as you are as, or as I am there. They go there, they rent a disguise, and they take pictures of themselves dressed as we expect the Chinese to be dressed. Uh, it sounds complicated. I mean, if you can see the picture, you will understand. So, yeah, well, if you, uh, um, I'll ask you maybe to give us a copy of the picture. We'll put in the, in the <laughs> blog post that goes with it. Or so that that would be interesting for our audience to un to understand what you're talking. Yes, about. because it's it's a difficult a difficult yeah. concept. I mean, it's my pleasure. I mean, as I'm but always I, exposed to I've, such I've things. Seen I mean, photo, I've seen the photo. So maybe for those who are just listening to this, I can describe there. There are three these three Chinese girls with these traditional dresses in front of a nice landscape, and two of them are taking a selfie with a selfie stick. Just to mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 yeah, and the treatment of the picture has also been adjusted to be a bit uh, like in the beginning of the century. So it's, a, it's, it's there, it's some confusion, it's a visual confusion between what you see and what doesn't work in the picture. I mean, you understand that you want to believe that those are real Chinese, uh, you want to believe that the Chinese are dressed like this, suddenly you see the phones and you understand that those are not anymore Chinese, but all the colors and even the composition of the picture reminds you of an old picture. By the way, I have to say that I normally don't set up. It's not that I have anything against that. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to set up a picture, but that one was totally uh, spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a candid picture, and it looks so perfect that it uh, looks as a, as a set uh, photo session. So is there anything uh, really authentic left in the world? Or is the, this globalized world, uh, everything oh. is homogenized and uh, all the people wear Nike sneakers and uh, T-shirts and jeans uh, and wear cell phones and take selfies? Or are there parts of the world where people are still living and behaving like they did before we uh, well, Westerners I mean, I mean, that's changed a, that's everything? A good question. 
Mm. I'm sure they are. I don't know them. And I'm not trying to make a, 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 an easy joke. I mean, uh, I'm telling you that I don't know them because I really think that in order to meet those places, you really have to go deep. And everything has changed because of one thing. When you go to certain tribes in Ethiopia, even though, even if you go to certain tribes, those people from time to time go to a market. They would walk for two days to reach a marketplace. In the marketplace, they will watch a TV. So even if you are, and believe me, it's far away, when you are two days walking from a place, uh, or three days walking because they have no cars, or normally they, they don't get them, to a certain place, it's far away. It's deep there. But they are already uh, uh, taken, I mean, in the sense that uh, everything is real. Yes, it's real. I mean, uh, is that a, a, as real as could be? I mean, today you have a guy in a tribe uh, who he's living in a hut. Uh, he's using his phone. Why not? But his traditions hasn't changed much. I mean, is it real? It is real. As real as it is for us to be using Internet. Nothing has changed. It's real. So the only thing is that it's not anymore the reality that we have in our dreams. I mean, uh, yeah. last year, so last two years, I visited a tribe in India. They were ecological tribe. They were fantastic tribe. They had beautiful huts. And when I arrived at the place, the hut has the hut has changed, and they have now concrete bricks. They have no more huts. I mean, is this real? For them, it's real and fantastic. They don't have to suffer anymore what they suffer with these huts. Huh? But for me, it's a disaster. Huh? But it's a visual disaster. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I have no question, no answer to this question. I mean, I think. Uh, I think it's okay to leave the the question open. Yeah. Our listeners can reflect on what that means and what that implies for. And maybe think that when they see one of those uh, photos of the, the, the Chinese fishermen or the Ethiopian tribes, it's. I mean, reality can be a little bit different. Oh, yeah. There's a certain am amount of uh, camouflage, as you write. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Okay, very good. Um, I'd like to now to ask you about a project that you started, which you call Les Miserables, that is related to the work in uh, the brick factories in Nepal. And, yeah. Uh, spiritual activities in the churches in Ethiopia. Uh, would you like to describe this project to our listeners? Well, with pleasure also. I mean, I have been trying, as I'm always traveling to countries, uh, most of them are countries uh, where many people struggle to make a living. There are a lot of social outcomes, uh, massive social outcomes, because it's not that we don't have our outcomes here, but uh, I mean, massive I always, uh, I'm not talking about Les Miserables, uh, I mean those brick factory, those, those workers in brick factories. I'm trying to focus on one issue in order to help. And uh, I'm starting to concentrate in the brick factory workers. Uh, there are some, don't ask me why. I mean, I was very surprised. I mean, when I when I made this uh, first uh, uh, work, uh, I was with a number of clients, and when they left, uh, they left the place. The, the trip was finished. I wanted to visit a place that I saw sometime from the bus. So I reached this place, uh, and by chance, because the, the driver in 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 my bed. Nepalese, which is unexistent in his bad, bad English, was telling me that there was no one there. She was fortunately, fortunately wrong, and there were people there. I started early in the morning. I reached the place very early, by the way, when they were waking up without no uh, previous introduction. I came there. I had no permits, and I was surprised by the amount of work, even though uh, they have a let, let us say, by their standards, a well-paid uh, work for, for people who are coming from villages. It's complicated. I mean, uh, you will need a couple of hours of an interview to explain how, how it is. Just to, to sum up, 
uh, it's a tough job. I would like to help them a bit. And uh, it's the start, I hope, of a, of a bigger exposure of those people. I mean, there are so many issues in the world that trying to, to pinpoint one of them, it's uh, quite difficult. And about the religious Lalibela, again, I am personally not a, a religious person, funny enough, but I'm somehow fascinated uh, by the religious emotions and the way people behave face to such uh, events. Uh, and uh, as I love Ethiopia, I'm sure that you you can feel it by by my words, and uh, I love uh, Lalibela also. Again, uh, I thought that it was a good uh, place to support. Uh, why Lalibela? Lalibela is uh, well known by the people who know Lalibela, by, let's say, specialists. Uh, it's difficult to reach. Uh, they have not a big tourism, and uh, they have uh, difficult uh, life conditions. So uh, that's my, my uh, grain of uh, salt. Uh, that's all. So you say that your uh, the project is a way to, to give back to those people because sometimes when we we go to these places we take we take photos, right? And sometimes they, as it happened to you in Ethiopia, they ask for money because I was uh, I was talking about this with uh, one of our previous guests, Matt Brandon, and we mm -hmm. had this. He had he wrote an article about that mm -hmm. uh, about uh, is it okay to pay to take photos of people in developing countries or not. And he basically said that that's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is how did we, how did we get there? How did we arrive to the point where people there are asking for money to have their picture taken? And his answer is basically that now that we have a democratization of travel and photography that Lots of people can go to places that were once uh, hard to reach and everybody has a camera in their pocket. Most people just behave like tourists and the, uh, the people that are the, the inhabitants, their guests, their hosts actually, are treated as props, uh, monuments, subjects, stuff that is there. There is no interaction. There is no absorbing of the culture. There is no learning. There is no speaking the language. And so those people feel like they are being not exploited, but used as objects. So they say, if I'm not getting anything out of this exchange, because every photography should be an exchange, then I might as well try to get something out of it by asking for money. Ooh. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, that's um, also interesting. I mean, uh, but, I mean, you have said, or you have said, or I don't know who said, uh, those things, but there are there are certain things that that make sense, but they don't go very well together. I mean, mm -hmm. every picture has to be an exchange. Why? Um, um, as we do not get anything else, then we get money for a picture. Why? I mean, I have people that I know there, with whom I have very big interactions. We have personal interactions. I bring them pictures from the last trip. I know them. And they still ask for money, which I understand perfectly. <laughs> if I meet a model in my country or in your country or in the US, the model who is acting as a model in front of my camera would ask for money, even though we have any kind of other kind of cultural exchange. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I'm not using, if we are, uh, I'm acting as a photographer and he's acting as a model, I perfectly understand that he would ask money. I mean, um, what happens is that it's also up to you. I mean, the, the role of each one is each one's role. Uh, curiously enough, funny enough, for me, it's very, very hard to shoot, to take pictures to people that I know very well. I mean, when I'm somewhere in India and I get to know the person very well, imagine four years, I don't take any more pictures. I'm interested in taking pictures of people that I don't know, uh, to each its own. You know what I mean? So that's again, we could, we could, we could write books about this thing of giving money or not. 
I mean, uh, I, I have nothing against giving money. Uh, and I have nothing against people asking money. I mean, uh, I ask money every day for everything. Uh, I don't understand why uh, wouldn't they ask for money. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I mean, if the relationship is understood from the beginning to be that between a photographer and their model, the people are working as models, then of course that money is involved is uh, somewhat natural. I was thinking more about uh, people that you meet on the street and so on. I mean, uh, but but exactly the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. I mean, uh, if I'm going in Rome, for instance, because we we always put those things in 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 tribal areas or in very difficult, you know, where tourists go are very exciting. No, let's put this in New York. Yeah. I'm going on the streets. I shoot a guy. Why wouldn't he ask money? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't he? I mean, I don't know him. I'm shooting him. He say, what are you doing? Taking a picture of you. Give me money. I have my image rights. So, and you would pay him. I mean, I think that the mistake is done by the one who is not asking money. I mean, uh, um, you know what I mean? I, I don't understand this thing of why we are uh, carrying a camera with us and the others have to passively being pictures by uh, by f- foreign yeah. people, unknown people, I don't understand very well this thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, you. You're hitting the point. I mean, when you say uh, you're getting the picture and they're not getting anything, so I think that, yeah. that what was Matt Brandon was referring to the fact that yeah. there is there is That's no, it. and sometimes there even if there is an exchange of other things, pleasantries, photos, prints, uh, coffee, whatever. Uh, some people are working as models and so it's natural that they would be absolutely absolutely and in ethiopia south of ethiopia is absolutely uh, standard i mm-hmm. mean you cannot take the picture of someone without paying him as much as you cannot enter a, a restaurant and eat without paying when you oh, leave of course that's it interesting interesting uh, position well exactly exactly you say it's a position yeah, I, yeah. Something, something to reflect on. I think. Uh, okay, we are uh, approaching the end of our conversation. Uh, yeah. but I'm happy for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think our our listeners are always happy to uh, to listen to to interviews, even if they are, tend to be long. If uh, if they go beyond, as I said before, the, the usual the usual stuff. And I think here we. We really hit the nail on the head. We touched uh, topics that are not often addressed. And I, we did it in a very thoughtful way, thanks to you. Thanks to you. Um, I would just like to ask one more thing. And uh, it is, uh, you have done, and also continue to do, uh, an impressive number of photo tours and, and trips all around the world. But if you could pick one country as your absolute favorite, what would it be and why? I can only pick two countries. That's okay. <laughs> it will you be have, in, you can India. Have three. <laughs> yeah, no, India, India, and Ethiopia. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, 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 yes. For yes, what reasons? I mean, uh, for what reason? I'm a people photographer. I mean, I'm interested in people. Uh, India offers you. Uh, India is a continent, so it's a colorful continent with. Uh, I think that the. Uh, Hinduism, they have 50 million, they say 50 million gods, uh, thousands of different thousands, I say, of different traditions, uh, at least four or five different cultures, I mean, basic uh, differentiated cultures. Uh, they are, they have nothing against being uh, pictured, by the way. They are very family oriented. The, um, everything uh, is there. I mean, for a photographer, I think, from my point of view, again, I mean, uh, you can be a thousand years back when you're in India. You arrive in India and suddenly you are there as they were doing things 1,000 years ago, as much as it happened in Ethiopia. I mean, it's a, it's a, a time tunnel. Uh, and that's something that... Uh, is uh, fantastic. I mean, by the way, now that I'm talking a lot, by the way, I realize that that's uh, one thing that really appeals to me. I like to go to places 
where suddenly, and that's part of not being me anymore, I'm transported to another moment uh, in history or time. Uh, and that's what happens with the people, not only with the places, because you go to Greece and you see a monument. The monument belongs to another time, but the people are here, belongs to our time. In India, in the India that I like, because you have the modern India, of course, I mean, uh, I'm with people who are basically behaving, basically, as they were a thousand years ago. That's uh, what interests me, and it visually shows. That's that's what uh, uh, interests me. So it's one of those places that is still authentic, as we said before. Again, I mean that... Uh, the term authentic, uh, it's a problem. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a concept of authenticity. I mean, I mean, being a modern Indian is as authentic as being a classical India, or many times you are both things. I remember that uh, many years ago I was in Varanasi. I go often, I go there since about 20 years. And uh, I was shooting a man who was dressed as a sadhu. To, and to make things understandable, sadhu is a priest. Uh, to, to put simple uh, things simply, you know. So he's dressed as a sadhu, uh, had uh, his um, he had uh, his bold uh, head. He was bold, shaved, dressed, with, and suddenly I'm taking pictures of him, and I see that a young mo young boy was next there, telling me something. I approached. I was a bit confused myself, a bit ashamed because I thought that they were going to blame. My, my 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 activity. I mean, say, what are you doing? So suddenly, this this modern boy says, "No, that's he's my father, and he works as an engineer in I don't know where. Where was it? In Calcutta or whatever." So my image again, going back to the images you want to have. I thought, and I was right, that I was seeing someone that looked, and he was someone who be, belonged to um, two thousand years ago. He was dressed the same way, acting the same way, in a place that was exactly the same. As a matter of fact, he was an authentic um, Calcutta engineer, authentically praying as people were praying 2,000 years ago. So. so he was not like he was dressed up for photographers. He was Yeah, uh, but that's I mean that's it. So he was there because of religious reasons and absolutely. so they are authentic both. I mean everything yeah. is authentic. I mean Yes. Only when you write, uh, you write uh, really do something because you want to 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 fool someone. It's not, but if you believe on it, that, uh, it's authentic. Good point. Um, so what's uh, what's next on your calendar? Where are you traveling to? Oh, now it's easy. Next <laughs> next on my calendar, I'm going north of Spain on holidays, 15 days with my family. Uh, Galicia, mm -hmm. uh, and then in September I'm in Morocco, in October I'm in Benin, in November hopefully in Cuba, in January I will be in Benin and Ethiopia, in February I am in India, in March, April I'm in Spain, it goes on, so... Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, then I would maybe tell people to go to your website that is nomadphotoexpeditions.com is that right yes thank so you very they, much yes they, they can check all of your uh, upcoming tours and sign up for those few that still have some uh, some open spots uh, uh, well uh, that's that's great i hope that there is someone still listening <laughs> oh uh, yeah yeah they they are they are don't worry yeah <laughs> and we'll put a link in the show notes as well beautiful so, beautiful so people can, mm -hmm. can find you there um, lastly, uh, since, I mean, this was a very thoughtful conversation. Yeah. I think you're a very yes. thoughtful person, which I appreciate. Yes. And I would like to ask you my thought-provoking question that I sometimes yes. I ask my guests when the conditions are right. And the question is, what drives you crazy? Uh, it depends. It depends. Uh, when I'm in my own country, queuing, uh, queuing, waiting in a restaurant, <laughs> but surprisingly, uh, waiting. I mean, but surprisingly, I spend half of my time waiting in airports, uh, waiting in trains, sitting in cars and buses. So 
uh, same thing uh, is like the hair. Uh, 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 hair. My father say that uh, hair is a hair, but um, uh, on my head is one thing, and in the soup is another thing. Huh? Mm-hmm. So what drives me crazy? Many times the same thing that drives me crazy in a certain situation does not drive me crazy in a situation. Uh, difficult to know. Uh, but normally, yes, I, I hate uh, uh, waiting for nothing and uh, and uh, I and stupidity drives me crazy. But again, uh, intelligence is limited and stupidity is not. No. So I would be angry too much time. So I try to, to take it easy. Uh, not many things drive me crazy, the truth. Okay, but how, how do you fight boredom when you're waiting? Do you have any Oh, yeah, 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 my iPad, I'm an, I'm an iPad addict. I process on Lightroom on my iPad. I, I have a collection, enormous collection of uh, very, very serious article about whatever, art, philosophy, psychology, uh, I read, by the way, an enormous amount of uh, American articles. I don't know why. I seem that I have an American, North American bias. And that's what I do. I read and uh, and uh, I process. I, I try not to work. I mean, years ago, I would work uh, in airports and such things. I don't. I normally try to use those uh, that time to let's say put it that way to cultivate it in my myself that's that's what i try to do great so i think that's really all at least i have uh, i don't have any more questions i don't know if there's anything that you would like to to add before we wrap this episode up well i would like to add that uh, it has been very interesting you take this uh, you're doing this very very professionally uh, very seriously and uh, it's a pleasure to to be talking to you. Let's continue even without microphones. Pleasure is mine. And uh, yeah, maybe I should uh, just give up photography and pick up <laughs> podcasting professionally. I don't, know. I don't know if there's money in it, but we can try. We can see. <laughs> well. All right. Thanks again very much. It's been a real pleasure and I'm sure our listeners will have uh, loved every minute of it. So maybe we can do this again in a few months. Uh, you you return from well, let, let's, trips, see, you let's see, see. Uh, let's see how many of your listeners survive to the first <laughs> <laughs> no problem thank you very much goodbye Take thank care. you very much Hugo. thank Bye-bye. you all right that was really uh interesting conversation and also funny i'd like to thank harry again for being our guest today and you will be able to find this episode on our website at ttim.photo. Uh, and as always, uh, you can find everything about me at my website, ucphoto.me. And as for our uh, co-host, Ralph Velasco, who could not be with us today, uh, you can find everything about him at photoenrichment.com and on social media as at Ralph Velasco and as at photoenrichment. And now that's really all for today. Let's get out and shoot.